this week on More Than Just a Trophy Wife. I think you need to really deep dive into what you would want to achieve. Have a think about who you are, what you're good at, what's your skill set, and deep dive into all options when it comes to that skill set and that, and just figure it out. Swim or swim, there's no sink. (laughs) Jump in head first and just see what happens. Hey, it's Isabella Levy, business mentor, speaker, and the host of More Than Just a Trophy Wife, a podcast where we talk all things reality, riches, and relationships. Let's get to it. Today, I have an important question for you. Do you ever feel like you just wish your audience would get you? If so, then I can promise you by the end of this episode, you will know how to make that happen. Today, I'm speaking with Olivia Faith, who is an absolute expert on online communications for businesses and brands. Now, I met this dream girl like five years ago when our partners were playing for the same team. Olivia moved from Australia to the UK when she was 20 years old to support her partner in his professional football career. She went through multiple moves whilst in the UK and since has lived in Italy, Sydney, the coast, and now lives in Melbourne. And we can't even share with you how many moves have been in those countries as well. Besides from being a world traveler and communication strategist, she is also someone who never fails to make you laugh. I mean, seriously, if you want to be entertained, just go hit her Instagram. All the links will be in the description below. What I adore about this woman is that she is so authentic, so transparent, and she's just always there for you. Liv, welcome. Thank you for being here. I am dying over that intro. I am dying. (laughs) You are the communication strategist, man. You nailed that. You nailed it. Well, thank you, but I actually meant every single word. Thank you so much. It's so amazing to be here and I'm so happy we could tee this up, especially with time difference between you and I. It's been insane, but I'm so happy that we can finally tee it up and get it going and um, get chatting. Girls make things work, you know? We do. We're so good. By the way, can I just revert back to five years ago when we met for the very first time I remember bumping into you and feeling like, oh my days. Yeah. I think I'm obsessed with her. (laughs) It was really weird, you know, because I, and I remember the cafe, remember the cafe that we met at? Yes. I know that was sort of in between your house and mine. And it was like this weird thing. I think, to be honest, and I don't want to jump straight into anything here, but I think for me, it was the first time I met a girl in our world who got it. You know what I mean? Who mm-hmm. kind of got um, ambition and got sort of, up, they, she had somewhere where she wanted to go. You know what I mean? And it was so refreshing for me to meet somebody and have kind of like a girl on my side who understood that, um, you know, we, we have things and we have plans and we are on these crazy, insane journeys, correct? But we also are allowed to have our journeys. You know what I mean? And I think you were the first person that I met that I kind of was like, oh my God, she gets me. I've always thought that about you too. So that's just a complete reflection of yourself, which you're seeing there. I love it. I love it. So we are lucky. We are lucky. Absolutely. So I actually want to take you back to 
who you were and what you were even doing before you actually decided to move to the UK and actually what you had to leave behind. Yeah, so it's such a different world, like completely different person to who I am now, I feel. Um, so I owned a dance studio with my best friend in back in Australia. I'm from a small, smallish city called Canberra. And when I was 18, my best friend and I decided that's it. We're going to open a dance studio. Um, you know, if we get 10 kids, we're good. Let's just like fingers crossed and get 10 kids. And by the end of the teaching semester, we had like over 200. So um, we kind of launched really fast um, and really hard and with insane success. So, you know, at 18 years old, I was kind of dancing my whole life um, up until that point and was kind of living the dream. You know, you grow up and you work really hard and especially in sort of a, an industry like dancing, it was like my dying passion. So, um, yeah, I had a dance studio with my best friend. That was my whole life. I taught pretty much not like eight till late was my schedule. And I was teaching all day, every day, little kids of all different ages. Um, and they were like my family. So I guess what I left behind when it comes to moving overseas is, you know, I felt like it sounds really strange, but I felt like those kids that I was teaching, they were my kids. Like I had such a strong bond with them all. So, and shout out to play the dance studio, by the way, because I know they're all going to listen to this. Um, but there was a huge sense of mourning there um, when I left. There was a huge sense of leaving a huge part of me, which at the time was really tricky. But obviously you grow and you learn and you kind of um, grow through those things. But essentially that was it. I think I left not only my family but the family that I made and my family from every day and the kids and my best friend who was sort of my ride or die through all of that Um so yeah, it was really tricky. And obviously I was 20, so I was a baby. Like I was an absolute baby, but it kind of got to a point where Gigi and I were doing long distance. We'd done long distance between Australia and the UK for, I think it was almost two years at that point. And I was flying over every 10 weeks when we had sort of like a school term break. And I just got to a point, like I remember the exact second I was on the plane and I just got to a point where I was like, I love my life so much. Like I loved my life back home, but I just couldn't keep doing it. You know, I was, I was half a person. So um, I kind of had to say goodbye to essentially the entirety of who I knew and who I grew to know as myself and well and truly move 27 hours away and kind of start fresh. And I want to revert back to just honor you for being 18 years of age, setting up a business that was supporting other dancers, but just the success that it had in such a short period of time. And I couldn't even imagine building something up for myself and then being like, you know what? I have to make a decision between these two things. In that moment, I know that you said like you felt guilt and you of course felt like you actually had to mourn that part of you and that part of your life. So once you stepped foot in the UK, did you make a decision 
for yourself? Did you make a commitment? Because anyone else's mind would have been like, am I doing the right thing here? What am I else leaving behind? Like, what was that moment like for you? So I think for me, I didn't want to think too far into it. So, you know, I know a lot of people before I left would say, oh, like, you know, what if it doesn't work out? What if this happens? What if something goes wrong? Or, you know, um, all the kind of realistic, I guess, um, outcomes that could happen from me leaving. And I remember just always mm-hmm. saying to them, guys, if I don't like it, I'll just come home. <laughs> like, it's just a plane. I just book my ticket and I'll just come home and it's fine. And I think um, at that point, I really just wanted to give it a go. And there was that huge sense of of mourning, like I was saying before, and and that separation from who I was. But I just knew, I knew when I got to the UK, I couldn't do what I was doing. I couldn't teach dancing. I couldn't have that because it was so me back home. And I was so committed to these kids. Like I can't explain to you the love and the community and the absolute family that we were. And I was so committed to these, these kids and that life and, and that business that I actually could not dream of doing it anywhere else. It just didn't feel right. And I would try and take class or dance or whatever, reach out to people, but it literally just didn't feel right. And I knew essentially that is me completely closing that chapter. Like I, it was just a complete close the door and just move forward and let's just leave and let's go into the deep end. And it's like swim or swim. There's no sink. You just have to jump in head first and just see what happens. This right here is what I adore about you. No matter where you are, what you're doing or what you have to do, I've never heard you complain. I've never heard you even go through the mindset of sinking. Like you always pick yourself up and you always make it work no matter how many obstacles you're actually faced with. And I know just from your own experiences and how many moves and how many businesses you actually set up, you always did something for yourself and you made it work. So once you had fully moved to the UK, what obstacles did you experience that you really overcome, overcame that made you into the person that you are today? I mean, is this a four hour long podcast? <laughs> or like? Or- I mean, I've got time for you. So, okay. Let's, okay. Let's start. We'll start. I'll do like a quick recap of each kind of year. So my f- oh my gosh, we get an absolute timeline of <laughs> this live faith life here. Go, go thorough. for it. We're going to be thorough. You deserve it. I've got it for you, right? So my first, first of all, I'm so passionate about this because I know you know there is a very glossy um, sort of fantasy that's over our lifestyle. It's a lot of mm-hmm. how many times I'm sure, even Bella yourself, you've um, bumped into somebody or met somebody and they've said, oh my God, your partner plays football. That's amazing. Bet you live such an amazing life. And you're like, oh my God, totally. <laughs> like, Oh my God, not- it must be amazing. <laughs> like, hi, my name is Isabella Levy. What's yours? <laughs> like it's one of those ones of like okay I'm just like living out of boxes but we're all right like one of those things um so this is a passionate topic of mine um I think if we start back sort of back-ish my first experience 
I'm going to say, of an off-season. So, you know, the footballers, or I'm sure every sport, you have an off-season, so a break where they don't need to train and be at the club and whatever. My first experience of an off-season was no holiday. We came to Australia for a little bit um, to visit family, but then we are straight back over because Gigi's contract was finishing up at uh, Tottenham, it was at the time, and he had no club. So we were like, okay, we're going to get on the horse and come over and trial you know, at some different clubs, who knows, we'll see how it goes. So we get on the plane and we come over and the, the tricky thing I feel with this scenario and with our scenario was that we were 27 hours away from everyone we knew. So, you know, it, 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 it's hard when you can't pop into like cousin Sally's place for dinner or, um, sleep over at your friend's house because you're not really sure where you're living at the time. Like it, it was really, I feel like with him and I, it was really like we got on that plane and was like, okay, our backs, we're like back to back right now. It's us against the world and we're just going to see what kind of comes our way. And so we get on the plane that first off season and it's trials. So I mean, I'm talking suitcases in hand, which is everything that we have. And it's hotel, North England, South England, East England, West England, on a train, hiring a car, on a bus at times, um, driving here, doing that, staying at hotels, paying for everything um, off our own backs. We, Our parents weren't in the position to kind of support us at this time. And, of course, they did everything they could, which we're so grateful for. But um, at this time it was literally just us and what we had. So it was a real, I love to say like, oh, my hashtag gypsy life, but it actually really was Mm -hmm. a hashtag gypsy life. Like it was an insane experience. That was my first off season. And then of course we ended up at Swansea, which was amazing. Um, And that was such a great year. But then the off season after that was the same. And then the Mm -hmm. off season after that was the same. So I'm talking a good two, three months of hotel to hotel no money coming in because you're not contracted. Mm-hmm. It's just money going out. And, you know, it's um, I think in all of that, to revert back to your question of how it kind of changed me as a person, I think, and I can't take all this credit as well, a lot of it goes to Gigi. Um, I think I saw someone that I deeply, deeply care about get knocked down like seven times, eight times, nine times in a row, and he got back up. And this guy got back up. And he went Mm -hmm. in every single club and he had like me and him and our life on, on, on his shoulders and he went full force and he went in and he did his best and he couldn't understand why he wasn't getting these teams. And long story short, he had the most dodgy, insane agent that we can ever explain, Mm -hmm. but that is just, we're not even going to go into that. Um, There was a lot of lying and money and all these issues that were going on. Um, but I think seeing Gigi kind of get up and go and get up and go and like I'm talking so many no's, so many no's that us as humans, you hear no so many times, you're just like, dude, I'm just not right for this. Like, you know, it's like kind of take the hint and and he just didn't and in all the best ways. And I think this this experience and the experiences in the UK and all the trials and all the lies and all the sort of no's and the hardships, I think seeing him fight 
and seeing his absolute resilience jaded me a little bit um, and hardened me, us, I should say, both him and I, in all the best, most amazing ways possible. Like, I feel like now the resilience in everything is top notch. Like, you can say to me, no. And I'll go, yeah, okay, that's cool. You'll change your mind. You can say to him, no, it's not working. He'll come straight back at you five minutes later. Like the resilience is so deep within me that I feel like it it doesn't matter what is in front of me because I've actually seen everything before. I've seen Mm -hmm. so many times and I've seen, you know, such, and I'm sure you've seen the same, such dark, awful, horrendous corners of the world at freaking 21, 21, 22, that nothing kind of scares me, you know, like problems will pop up or things will pop up or obstacles, like you were saying, I'll face obstacles and I'll go, are you freaking serious, man? I was 21 and had like Gigi looking at me and going, babe, I don't know where we're going to sleep tonight, dude. Like things are rough. And I think to myself, nothing I can face now is worse than that. Nothing. Not Nothing's worse than being just you and this one person that you care about so wholesomely on the complete opposite side of the world to your family and friends and everything you know with your money just going down and down and down with no sort of opportunity in sight, I guess. Um, And I think that I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for it. And I was literally just talking to Gigi about this the other day. I'm so grateful because I I am so resilient now and that gift you just can't learn, you know, without challenges. So I think resilience is my word for that and how I've come out of that um, kind of whole time of my life. I think the greatest gift from facing those obstacles is the fact that, no, like, like I said earlier, it's it's swim or swim there's Mm -hmm. no you know and I owe a lot of that to Gigi because he was like I saw that that was in front of me every single day the heartbreak the the hardships the pain the you know the everything that sort of came with that whole time I saw it right in front of me and you have you know no choice but like I said before to go back to back and go nah we we got we got to have this like this is all this is what we've got and this is our choice and this is where we're gonna go so we just just gotta make it work literally as you were telling the story there was like tears dropping down from my face i don't know what's wrong with me today <laughs> like you guys know that you both have a special place in my heart and it's not that i've not heard your experiences but just thanks for keeping it so raw and real yeah. um and it really did make me emotional because that is the truth yeah. behind it And I think on one side, that is the behind the scenes. And then we also have this pressure, um, even from close family and friends of like, what's it like and what are you doing today? And it's, it's really, you know, you don't want to even tell them what it, what it's like. And you don't want to tell them that you've just received another no, because then other people start doubting it and other people's energy starts to really um drop for it but what I love that you said was every time there was a no like you both kept knocking on new doors and every single time one really did open 
for you both. And I think such an important part in your lives is the fact that you do have a relationship to God and you guys really do hold that faith and you just are both living proof of we can do this together. And I just see you guys looking at each other in your in your eyes and being like, okay, another obstacle. Let's do this because yeah. you both never give up on anything. Yeah. It's so, I think, I think it just, I think this is for everybody, even outside of the sports world. I think it, it just needs to be impenetrable, all of it, your confidence, your ambitions, you know, even to a certain extent, your relationship with this person that, you know, your partner, it has to be impenetrable. It has to be absolute brute force. You know, you've got to go in going, okay, that's it. It's, it's us. And, and trust me, like Bella, I'm sure, you know, just because you've had your experiences as well. There are so many nights that you're just crying going, Oh my God, I, I don't know what we're doing. We have lost it. (laughs) Like we have Mm -hmm. definitely lost the plot being here and choosing this and doing this after everything. But you, that faith inside, you just think, and if, and if it is, it is. And you know what? If it doesn't work, there's something better because I trust that plan so, so um, wholesomely. I trust that plan for us and I trust that, um, you know, I have a lot of faith that you're always on the right path. You just have to pick and choose what you need to learn out of this path in order to grow and, and become who you need to be. And that's why I always revert back to saying I am so endlessly grateful of every single experience. I am so grateful for um all the hardships and all the trials and tribulations quite literally trials and tribulations i'm so grateful for it because i know for a fact i wouldn't be who i am today i know for mm. a fact i would be so different and it's really shaped me into who i am and um i think that's i think that's what's important is coming out of something like that and as much as you are hardened hardened and jaded sorry which i know i definitely am it's all in the best ways because it's all used for me and I use that as motivation and I fuel all of my ambitions with that and I know Gigi does too so I think it's I think you have a choice in life and I think especially when you think about okay I've I've got choice and my perception of my choice and my situation so I'm going to choose to perceive this situation in the best way possible for me and I think that totally shifts everything for you really focusing on like the internal spirit that you both have within you rather than the external circumstances was like such a takeaway that I was thinking about as you were saying that. Totally, totally agree. So on one side of things, this was you supporting Gigi. But as we know, you also have always had your own thing going on. What do you say to the woman who is consistently having to move, consistently having to support her partner in being knocked down and in all the no's that actually really want to do something for themselves. And how did you make that work for you? So I think everything is, I hate to, I hate to quote a book right now, but I love the title of Marie Folio's book, Everything's Figureoutable. I haven't read it yet, but that, that, uh, title of that book is my whole life. I think everything is figureoutable. Example, I really wanted to study a degree. I thought I'm going to be overseas for a few years. 
Um, I'm going to want to bring something out of this. I want to have something to back me after all of these years abroad. So I want to study. So I contacted a university back home in Australia and I said, do you have an online program? And which most universities actually do now, I'm starting to learn. Um, And they were like, yeah, you can transfer your entire degree online. So all of my degree, and it was tricky. Like, I mean, hotel Wi-Fi's and um, moving around and whatnot and keeping up with assignments and, and exams and all of that. But I thought, no, no, I'm doing this for me. I need to focus on me. And I know that in times when your, your life's sort of all over the place, it's actually the key to staying sane. It's actually mm-hmm. having your own, whether it's studying something or whether you've got your own side hustle going on or whether you've got a little passion project, um, that actually keeps you sane through the mess. It gives you something to focus on. It gives you um, a reason to wake up in the morning and feel like, okay, yep, I've got something to do and I've got somewhere to be. So for those women that are kind of struggling with that balance of, okay, well, where do I come into this and and what do I get out of this? I think, I think you need to really deep dive into what you would want to achieve. Have a think about who you are, what you're good at, what's your skill set, and deep dive into any and all options when it comes to that skill set and that um, kind of direction that you want to go to and just figure it out. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got a podcast, Bella. I'm on the other side of the world. You've got your headphones on. I've got my laptop. I'm in Australia. You're in Portugal right now. And you're starting a podcast because you want to. So here you are hosting an interview. Um, Something simple like your business. Your business, you're a coach. Ideally, yes, you could be sitting in the room with um, clients one-on-one and really sitting down and um, brainstorming with them and having your one-on-one sessions. But your life doesn't allow for that. So what do you do? You're online. But being online mm-hmm. means that you can now expand to uh, from a global perspective, I guess. So you now can have clients in the US or in Australia or anywhere in the world. And I think that um, you just need to figure out how you can, uh, I guess you could say, figure out how Quit to- the adapt. excuses. Yeah, yeah, how to adapt what you want into how you live. Because there's always going to be a no why you can't or an excuse like you just said there's always going to be so figure out how to fix it figure out how to make it good enough you know it doesn't have to be perfect just start and just focus on something and get out of that that rut because I know it can be an awful rut of I have nothing I have no purpose I have no sort of meaning and when you said you studied and then you said to the audience find something that you love like I just want to revert back on literally one thing that you said about like having a little passion project I think that as women we can also like push what we really want to do to the side and make it like seem less important but whoever's listening to this right now the passion that you've got for the project that you really want to do like that can be so big studying online at a university that isn't small that takes your everything so I want to make sure that the audience also knows that yes you've got to figure it out and make sure that whatever you are doing, you can adapt to the circumstance. But the truth is, no matter what type of life you are living, that's going to happen either way. And I think that on one side, Liv, there is 
players and um, players' partners that go through what you've shared. And then there is an other side of things where it can be, you know, from a young age to maybe around like 24 in this gap, there is comfort and like the contract's going well and the girlfriend's moved in and like everything's fine. And I call that the danger zone because what it means is that you are living a life that first of all, isn't going to be sustainable in the long term unless you actually do something with it now. And second of all, you may want to start something and you may feel pulled to something and you, your soul may be really wanting you to actually do something, but because the pain isn't there, you don't because you actually are like, oh, okay, this is actually comfortable over here. Like I'll start it one day. I just want to tell you like, if this is you and you fall into this, start it today because I can't tell you that when you are going through the painful moments, it is so much harder, but it takes women to hit this rock bottom place in order to basically break through and break out. But please just take this information, like do something today, start today. Absolutely. And you know what? You said something so important as well. You said, you know, it can be comfortable, but comfortable can also mean opportunity. So fish that out. You know what I mean? Like fish that out, just go, okay, I'm comfortable. You know, maybe you don't have to pay all the bills right now because your partner is on a great contract and he's able to support you. Okay, great. So with, with this comfortable, amazing lifestyle that you're so blessed to have, what opportunity can you find in that? What opportunity? Can you start something? Can you invest in yourself, whether you want to be a yoga teacher or, you know, whatever you're drawn to do, use this comfort to use this comfort, sorry, as opportunity to really be able to deep dive into something without having to have a job, you know, without having to go to a nine to five or maybe before you've got kids. So maybe um, before your time has to be so shared between your little ones and your partner, really use this time to, to, um, I guess, open up more opportunities for you since maybe you've got that comfortable lifestyle that you're able to kind of sit in and be in at the moment. Now, before we move further into this episode, I wanted to share with you that the doors for my brand new program, the Trophy Life Academy, are now open. I know, exciting times. This is a six-month coaching and mentoring program for women with successful partners who are ready to prioritize themselves and their own entrepreneurial goals. The Trophy Life Academy is going to support you in successfully stepping into your power, scaling your business to 10K months, and taking your relationships to new heights. I mean, who doesn't want that? You're going to be receiving high-level coaching and mentoring from me, myself, and I, lifetime access to a membership suite, which is full of all things that you're going to need to get yourself to where you want to be. It is split up into three departments, reality, riches, and relationships. As well as all of this good stuff, you're going to have access to a private community where you'll be able to ask your further questions and gain feedback from myself and the team in between your coaching calls. Now, inside of this community, you're also going to be able to connect with other incredible trophy lifers from around the world. So we got to make sure that inside this program, there are only women that are fully going for it. In order to learn more about the Trophy Life Academy and to see if it is for you, I invite you to book in a call with me at www.isabellalevy.com forward slash talk. From there, we're going to be able to get you booked in with a call and see if the program is a perfect fit for you. And I know we both 
solely believe that everyone has got a purpose, like every single one of us does. So tune into that more and more every day. Absolutely. So moving on to Liv's expertise. So Liv currently holds a position as a strategic communications in a really high level company, which she really shares with the company how to communicate their message online in order to market their message to their audience. So moving on to this, Liv, I would really love for you to start to share your expertise with us on this as well. So we can really implement it in our business. What three things would you really advise people must know if they are going to communicate their message with their market effectively? Amazing. So this is my passion in life. So I would say that there are three key mistakes that I see, I would say more or less consistently um, when it comes to seeing a brand or a business not be able to communicate Probably. I see loads of brands um, put thousands and tens of thousands of dollars into their campaigns and into um, launching campaigns on online platforms, whether that's social media or sort of websites and whatnot, but it really goes nowhere. It's really stagnant if you don't actually know how to push that message out. Right. So yes, you- yes, 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 yes. Listen to her. Yes. Right. Carry on. So number one and my dying passion in life is what is your voice? Now, I look at this in a communication way, not necessarily in a marketing way, which is what makes it a little bit different. So the way that I like to explain this to people that I work with is I like to sit back and go, okay, so your target market is X, Y, Z. For for um, the point of this podcast, let's just say uh, millennial women, because that's who we're talking to probably, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say millennial women. So if, if your target market is millennial women in the world and you are sitting next to them or standing next to them, sorry, in an elevator, how are you going to talk to her? You're not going to say, hello, I'm Olivia and I'm quite pleased that I have met you because she's going to go, okay, who are you? And like, why are you talking to me like that? Right? She's millennial. She's young. She doesn't care about the professional um, full stops and and um, correct spelling of things. No, you're going to go, hey, how are you? I'm Olivia. So sorry to interrupt, but I just have a quick thing that I'd love to chat to you about. Now that I'm saying it voice to voice, but that is communicated in written copy. Hey, mm. I'm all abbreviated or very casual. Hey, I'm Olivia. I'm so sorry to interrupt. I just want to chat to you for a couple of seconds. That in itself is a straight one-way street to a millennial's heart. You're saying, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I'm so sorry to interrupt a millennial because millennials are, we are one of the busiest, busiest generations to come through. Maybe we're not all working, but we've all got so much going on in our heads. We're so driven. We've got so many goals. We know we've got to do a lot of things and there's a lot of pressure for us to achieve things. So there's your entry point straight away. Hey, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I've got a couple of things I'd love to chat to you about. It's relaxed. It's easy breezy. And it's not necessarily how you would speak to maybe a a man in his 50s, if that's your target market. It's got to be different. So your voice has to be their voice. And you have to make sure that your voice is strategically tweaked to each person. And this is each of my clients, so the, each of the um, brands sorry, that I work with are so different. We can be talking to um, stay-at-home moms or uh, businessmen, like large corporate businessmen or millennials, for example, and everything has to be different. You have to go back to, okay, if I'm standing in an elevator, 
how am I going to approach this person? How formal is it going to be? Is it going to be relaxed? Am I going to put um, the focus on them straight away? Am I going to be gentle and quite passive? Or am I going to be bubbly and really um, outgoing? But that's all dependent on your person. So that is so important for, for me to communicate to your audience is number one is you need to know your voice. You need to know the right voice to talk to your people. Number two. That is absolute gold, FYI. Thank you so much. Did you like how I did that? Look how quick of a learner I am. Love it. Number two is obviously so obvious. Who are you talking to? So who is this person? But more so, I know people know their market. I know people are clever when they start businesses. They figure out who their market is and who they want to target. But go a little bit lower than surface level. Like let's look at how they function and what their habits are. So... If I'm going to go back to a working mum, sorry, a stay-at-home mum. So we'll go back to her and think, okay, so if you're a stay-at-home mum, I know between about 8.45 and 9.30, you're dropping your kids off at school. So to push any content live between 8.45 and 9.30 would be catastrophic for your content. It will go nowhere. So let's have a look at a different window. Maybe mum will be thinking about heading to go pick up the kids at about 2. So if she's heading to go pick up the kids, she could be sitting in the car at about 2.30 before they kind of finish at 3 o'clock. So maybe she's in the car scrolling on her phone or waiting outside um, browsing XYZ platforms that she's on. So maybe it's after 7.30 p.m. when the kids are heading towards bed and she's sitting down and she's winding down. It's definitely not going to be 10 p.m. because mums are tired and they've got so much to do so they're going to go to bed early and want to get a good night's sleep. So it's all about knowing who your person is and how they behave. Example, a millennial woman will probably be out with the girls on a Friday night. So you're not going to push content live on a Friday night because no one's going to be there to read it. So really understand the habits of your market and really try and stand in their shoes when it comes to how you're going to talk to them. So when your content gets pushed live, what are they doing? Are they busy? Are they not busy? Should you hold off? If you hold off that one extra day because it might not be the right time, that could work. That could actually make your um, campaign, whether it's a campaign or the launch of something in your business, that could actually help it. Even holding it off just one day or a couple of hours or choosing a specific time of the day that suits your audience, you need to get into their habits and really understand the market and how they behave in order to um, really know when the appropriate time is for you to push your message out. Right. Really making it convenient for the market rather than just convenient for yourself. Absolutely. Because we need, we need them. You know what I mean? We need them. So it needs to be easy. We need an easy point of, um, point of penetration. You know, it needs to be easy. There needs to be no noise and needs to be a clear shot. Sometimes you only get one shot, you know, so you got to make sure it's right and at the right time and that they're ready to hear you. Now my lucky lucky number three is how are you saying it? So we've touched on the voice, which is how you're going to talk to these people. We've touched on who they are and what they do and what their behavior is. Now we talk about where they are. So how are you going to say them and what channels are you going to choose? Are your mums watching IGTV or 30-minute YouTube videos? Probably not because they're busy. And they're rushing around and they've got things to do. So they're not going to have time to sit there and watch a 30-minute YouTube video. 
Um, you might be better off going to your short form content, maybe a quick Instagram caption with a beautiful image that they might be scrolling, or maybe it's a podcast for them to listen to on the go. You know, it's really what channel are you selecting that's going to help you get in front of these people and really become experts in that channel. Don't, if you don't need a Pinterest account and a Facebook account and a TikTok account, don't do it. Stick to your mm-hmm. channel. Stick to where you need to be and where your people are. Otherwise, you know, you might be hiring campaign managers for these um, platforms and you might be, um, it might just be a waste of time because you've got nobody there to actually receive the message. So really become an expert in where you need to be and really just push forward in those platforms that are really relevant to your people. Yeah, I can't preach this enough. Like Liv, thank you so much for hitting each one of those points in so much depth because people will come to me and they'll be like, you know, I'm doing all of this and I'm doing all of that and I'm not getting results. And straight away, I know that they've gone straight to putting money behind a campaign and they're doing it without forming a connection and a relationship with their audience. So right now, if someone is actually putting money behind their services, I would really advise you to draw it back until you continuously make money from your services. And even then, like see how far you can go organically. And then it's like, I know this audience so much now. I know exactly what line of the copy to actually put in order to hook their attention. I know what time this needs to go out. I know what platform this needs to be on. From there, that is when you can start injecting money behind it and actually launching campaigns. But right now, if you're actually doing that, all you're doing is you're wasting your time and money because your time should be actually spent understanding your idealist, dreamiest client inside out. That's the only way you are going to get results because all people want is for you to actually be the solution to their problems. Well, those people really need to know that you understand their problems on such a deep level. And once you build that know, like, and trust factor, and once that person says, oh my days, like, I get exactly what she's saying. And wow, she's speaking to me. Once you've nailed it, then of course, move on to launching and putting a campaign behind it. But then I can guarantee that things always change. So you're going to need to test and tweak. So please don't look at this like online world of, oh, people put funnels and automations and everything together. Like I promise you, that's not the way it works. Take a step back and start doing the work that needs to be done. Absolutely. I think people as well get kind of pressured in the sense that they know they've got to be online. They go, okay, we know we've got to have a Facebook, an Instagram, a Twitter, a TikTok, a a this, a that, we've got to have all the channels because that's where everything is. Correct. That is where everything is. And there's millions and millions and billions of people that are on all of these channels. But at the same time, your people aren't. You know what I mean? Really find, like you said, know, like, and trust, really deep dive into this and figure out your person. I know my market, my personal market, I could literally tell you what she looks like, what she wears, who she hangs out with and what her weekends look like. I could tell you because I know her like she's my friend. I know her so well. And I think that's really important, especially when it comes to campaigns or businesses or launching new products. You really have to think, okay, am I talking to them the right way? Um, do I know their habits and am I launching my product and campaigns at the right time that they're going to see it because they need it? And then number two, is it in the right place? Are they going to find me? Are they even going to see me? How do I best get right in front of this person? Like you want to be the billboard outside their front door. 
You know what I mean? That you want to be that billboard. How do I become the billboard and how do I get my best opportunity to um, really get my message out to my people? I think you do this unbelievably well. Liv's Instagram is the best possible gram you will ever, ever ever follow you have to go to olivia faith official she actually classifies herself as a non-influencer days daily looks and lols she is genuinely the best and she's the best at being her full self through her instagram like live on instagram is live completely in reality but i see people really holding themselves back from being their full self on on Instagram and feeling like they have to put up a front or they have to like say things in a certain way. And I know that that's not the person that they are behind scenes. And I feel like if they could tweak that, they would actually be able to build that know, like, and trust factor with their audience. And their audience would be like, Hey, I really like this person. I'm going to listen to them more. And then as they listen to them more, of course, you're going to be able to share the value. So live. What do you say to the people that really feel that they have to basically be someone else on social media than they are in reality? This is such a good question, by the way. This is such a good question. So You know me. Honestly, you've smashed it. You're smoking it. Um, I, I hear so much with people that come to me uh, with their new businesses or um, new brands even old brands and they go, you know what? Instagram's so flooded. Like it's overcrowded. So many people are on there. And I go, yeah, you know what? It really is. It actually is. It's really hard to enter into the Instagram world and grow and get tens of thousands of followers and do X, Y, Z. It's not the old Instagram that it used to be. Correct. We've got algorithms. We've got a billion users as of last year, I'm pretty sure on this platform. How the hell are you going to get onto that platform and really shoot to stardom. And I believe so wholeheartedly, you need to be you, dude. Like you cannot show up on a platform where everybody's doing the same old thing and do the same old thing. It's so boring and it's already done. But the one thing that nobody's ever, ever done on Instagram ever in their whole entire life is been you. So you have to be different. I find my content when it's really... um, I'm going to say vulnerable. I don't think my Instagram's very lighthearted and it's all a bunch of fun 24 seven, but that's because it's actually my life. But I find which is live. It's literally me 24 seven, just making a joke out of everything. But anyway, um, if we, if I look at my most engaged pieces or my most, um, you know, when my DMS are popping off or I'm getting the most interaction from my followers, it's when I really open up about things. So, you know, we all, we all know nobody lives a perfect life. We all know it. So for example, last year I started opening up so much about having PCOS, which is a hormonal dysfunction. And I started talking about it just randomly because I thought I know somebody out here knows something that might be able to freaking help me. Like I'm going to reach out to my people because I need them. And you never know what people know, you know, we're learning off everybody. And that, and doing that, I was really kind of nervous about because I thought, you know, I'm very lighthearted. I'm very jokey all the time, but I'm just going to talk about something super real now. It's always going to be in my tone. I'm never really soppy, sad, and kind of, um, you know, depressed, depressed like that. But I kind of thought I'm just going to attack it in a way that's just honest 
and genuine. And I got so much back from my community just saying, oh my God, this happened to me. Try this. Here's this person. Contact this person. Um, or can you let me know? Can you get back to me? And I thought, wow, that me stripping back for a minute. And yes, I'm delivering, you know, something that might not be um, original. I mean, there's loads of people on the platform that talk about things even more sort of um, serious than just like a hormonal issue. But me just delivering it in my way to my people got such an authentic, real, engaged reaction because I was just being myself. And I feel like if we're looking at what people should do or why why um, they hold back from being themselves on Instagram, I know it's I know it's a fear. But if you want to do anything, if you want to make something, if you want your business account to take off, if you want maybe you're an influencer and you want your influencer account to take off, you've got to be you because everything else has been done 5,000 times. If I swipe past another sponsored outfit of the day post, I'm going to die, dude. <laughs> like I'm going to die. I need something different. I need something with grit. I need something real and honest and genuine. And that's when you're going to stand out from the crowd, you know? And I think being real and being genuine is so in. We're over the perfect makeup. We're over the perfect hair or the perfect outfit. We are so done with that. There's a place for that in the inspiration zone. But if it comes to owning a business and really building this relationship with these people, you've got to be you. You've got to be. And I think people forget that like, Others are following you because they want to follow you. They're actually your community. And I know that we can look and be like, oh, I've only got a thousand, two thousand, whatever amount of followers. Guys, they're real people. Imagine 200 people stood in front of you, 2,000 people stood in front of you, 20,000 people stood in front of you. Like, realistically, if you wanted to engage them, what would you do? And really go into yourself. And I know the answer is, I would be me. So make sure you are more of you and it's the easiest thing because you stop getting frustrated of what content am I going to put next and what shall I say now because it's just going to be divinely guided from who you are. So Liv, I cannot thank you enough. This has been the most amazing podcast. Where can my people find more of you? You can find me on at Olivia Faith Official. It's all a bunch of fun 24-7 all the time. You can find me on Twitter. It's Olivia faith you can find me on tiktok as well i'm olivia faith um it's all just a big bunch of fun because we're here for a silly time 24 7 honestly she is amazing thanks so much